right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Uh, hi, I'm Lynn Kirkpatrick, um, former Team Canada athlete, former Team Canada coach, current player on both Valkyrie uh, up in Canada, as well as Capital Punishment, uh, and one of, of any team that'll have me. <laughs> <laughs> My next guest? Uh, Spencer Soro, uh husband of Lynn Kirkpatrick, uh, and uh, former Team Canada player, former Team Canada coach and assistant coach, uh, and current player on my men's team, uh, Fury, and on our co-ed team, Capital Punishment. Also, he's coach of Valkyrie, and I'm coach of Fury. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, co- you guys coach each other? Is that how... Yeah. yeah, no conflict in it. Awesome. That is awesome. I was just like, right when I heard the intros, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like there's some connection here. And then you, you just pointed that out. You coach for him, he coaches for you. But another connection these guys share, they also share a very new um, informative Instagram and YouTube channel called the Dodgeball Corner. So on top of talking about their dodgeball stories as a whole, we're going to talk about the creation of this channel and its mission mission statement. And overall, why 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 they blessed us with such solid uh, solid tips in the recent months? So let's start from the beginning. Um, I guess we can start with Lynn. So, what we'll get some preliminaries out of the way for the both of you. So, what's your jersey number, and what's the reason behind it? Uh, my jersey is number twenty five, and I've got three reasons for it. One is that I'm a math nerd, and I like the fact that it's a square number, five times five. It also it's a, a mirrored number, so if you hold up the number to the mirror five or the mirror mirror two, it would make a twenty five. And then more meaningfully, uh, when I was a kid, I used to help my dad. Um, he had multiple sclerosis, and so we, he did a lot of fundraising after he's went into remission. And I have very fond memories of helping him count change, and I always liked counting the quarters. So uh, for all those reasons, twenty five is my number. Okay, okay. I, I was kind of laughing at the square root thing um, because I heard <laughs> someone else say that fairly recently, not dodgeball related. Um, literally down to the mirrored reason. I was just like, I'm, I just had this conversation. <laughs> um, I like I literally I'm literally like just like I just had this conversation with someone already and it was already <laughs> here in Hollywood and they're in Ottawa so that was just kind of weird how I just heard that reasoning all over again all right what about you Spencer what's your jersey number and what's the story behind it uh jersey number is number four uh like Lynn I have a really in-depth reason for it uh it's my birthday oh it's your birthday <laughs> simple as that <laughs> uh August 4th yeah I like four <laughs> Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I thought I thought there would be like some Brett Favre connection or something there, but we're just going to keep it simple. It's your birthday. It's going to be easy to remember. I'm going to remember it because it's two months from now. That's yeah. how we're going to play. All right. So let's let's get into your dodgeball stories uh, from the very beginning. So um, we could start with you, Lynn. What, when was your first um, dodgeball open session, open gym? What was that like? And what kept you coming back? Yeah, um, I started playing dodgeball uh, when I was 21, which is 17 years ago or something. Uh, And it was a tournament. It was a local tournament. And I was in university at the time. And a bunch of friends were like, hey, I just saw this thing, dodgeball? Like, that's hilarious. I remember playing it on the schoolyard. Like, who wants to do this? And a bunch of us were like, yeah, okay, that sounds great. And I actually, like, loved dodgeball on the schoolyard passionately and had a little crew. Four of us would take on the whole schoolyard. So I had very fond memories. Uh, so I was 100% in. So we played this tournament. Um, I'm sure we did very poorly because I have no recollection. <laughs> um, 
but we all had a really good time. So then we immediately joined a league together and uh, haven't stopped really since. And you said together, you mean you and Spencer or you and your friends? So at that time, it wasn't with Spencer, but a year later, uh, I joined Spencer's team and then that has been that's, that's that teammates. <laughs> teammates for life. That that's been that's that's how it happened. All right, cool. All right. So you, you said you were you were passionately you loved dodgeball since you were a kid and you had a crew. Yeah. Of, <laughs> was this middle school, high school? Like how old is yeah. this crew that's taken on the whole school? I don't know. We were great. So we were probably like ten years old, and there was four of us. I think it was Kyle, Chris, Janet, and me. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had nicknames for each other that I can barely remember. I just remember Janet's, which was alligator because she caught the ball somehow like this, like with her two hands on top of each other coming down on the ball. It was very strange, but uh, somehow effective for her. Um, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I know it makes no sense. It was those, it was, it was rubber, you know, but it was kids throwing rubber. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, as soon as I, as you know, a very young adult had the opportunity to play dodgeball, I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't played this, I think since I was 12 years old and in 100%, like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I just want to illustrate something for the people at home. When she said like this, because this is an audio podcast, she was essentially mimicking for the college football fans at home, the gator chomp. Apparently yeah. her friend would catch it like like a gator chomp, like she played for Florida Gators or had aspirations to. <laughs> um, who knows? That could just be a new uh, video series coming out, how to make awkward catches <laughs> in the shapes of your favorite college teams, whether Canadian or American. Um, Love it. I'll probably work that out somewhere in the future. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you catch? I I'm literally mimicking on camera just for people under understanding at home. Um, I'm literally, literally mimicking it and just wondering how did that make sense at 10 years old? Uh, <laughs> Short arms, big balls. That's most of us. <laughs> yeah, we were kids. There we go. What about you, Spencer? What's your, uh, uh what's your, uh, dodgeball origin? What's your first time playing? What kind of uh, back? Yeah. So similar to Lynn, uh, sitting around with a group of friends and one of my friends was already playing uh, with his current uh, team and his team was kind of falling apart for the fall season. It's, we're all sitting around and he's like, hey, who wants to play dodgeball? And we all start laughing, of course, being like dodgeball, like, yeah, we're in uh, thinking it would be just like a one time thing. He's renting a gym and we're going to you know, pretend we're kids again. Then we find out at the league and I, my mind's blown. Um, and then, yeah, so we, we ended up playing. Uh, about halfway through the season, that's where I met Lynn. And then we've kind of taken off from there. Um, we we played with our group of friends. And then after that, we saw some of the strategy, even within the chaos of the the old school 10 second pick up a ball and you know running gun. We were still seeing like, all right, well, how can we have more like a, a better advantage over the other team? How can we like leverage team play even with all this chaos? Um and yeah, the, the strategies have changed, but it, it hooked us. And we go to the bar and just nonstop talk about, you know, the strategy that we could have done if we all picked up the balls at the same time, or if one person didn't pick up the ball and two people picked up the ball and the other person trailed them just so that they couldn't get called to all throw the balls at the same time, you know, yeah. back with that strategy. So the strategy really hooked me. Strategy from the outset. Yeah. yeah. Strategy and beer at the bar hooked you guys to coming oh, back. Exactly. <laughs> so... Between the both of you, are there any, I guess we can call them OG players now, but are there any players that are still involved now 
that helped you guys in that rec scene in your first times in those informative years that you want to shout out? I think Dorian. Yeah. So, so Mark Dorian, uh, who was on uh, the cloth team Canada men's, yep. I believe, uh, this year. So Mark Dorian was uh, our our only mutual connection. Um, so he was friends with his. And, and anyway, friend, friends of friends, friends. <laughs> and friends of friends of mine. And he, so he was best friends with my roommate at the time. Uh, and so same thing, they showed up and they, him and his girlfriend, now wife, were talking about playing dodgeball. And I was like, dodgeball, I love dodgeball. And they're like, oh my gosh, a woman who plays dodgeball, sub on our team right away, please. <laughs> um, so I was like, uh, in. Um, yeah, so he is the reason I met my husband. So love him forever. And he's on my current um, league team right now. So still playing with him, you know, still in the game. Um, so yeah. much love, but I think he is the only person still playing from those days that's still in it. Like that. I mean, there's some of our opponents. So like uh, Jeff, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, so Aaron, um, I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, Aaron and JP Williams, uh, we used to play against. Oh, true, 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 true. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a handful, but, um, but the main, the main guy that connects you guys is a guy named Mark Dorian. Yes. All right, cool. I just wanted to get the name right because I'm sure he's going to hear this in some way, shape, or form. So thank you, Mark, for setting this all up here from the past. Uh, (laughs) So you guys play, you guys meet, you recruit her to be on your team. At what point do you both, I kind of feel like you both collectively at some point decide to go to Canada, Team Canada together, or was it one that had the desire and one that caught it after? So uh, this is, this is, I think, my favorite part of the story. So uh, Spencer is an organizer. He uh, has worked in um, uh, programs in like municipal programming and stuff. And so like that's all in his game. And we were having a little bit of difficulty with our local league. And so Spencer decided to run his own tournament. This was our first tournament that then evolved into Dodgeball Ottawa, which is the league that uh, that we run. But anyway, it was our very first tournament. And we had a cash prize, which drew down a team from Toronto, which had the legends, uh, Michael Lasiak, Jen Ritchie, uh, Jason Mergler, a couple other, uh, uh, Kutner, Kutner. Uh, so some serious Canadian legends that came Jeff down. Snow. Jeff Snow was on that team. My gosh. Anyway, um, so he didn't they, come to that when he came to the next one. But yeah, yeah exactly. it's hard to. <laughs> they come to our tournament. They kick everyone's butt. Like completely wipe the floor with everyone. And then at the bar after we were chatting, um, and they were very kind to us. And they said, "You guys are really good. You should have tried out for Team Canada." And we're like, "What? Yeah, what is this <laughs> so, Team Canada? Sorry, Team Canada." <laughs> so we're talking. This is circa 2013. Um, we're about six months away from New Zealand and we had missed tryouts by, I don't know, like a week or two or something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it was technically too late for us to try out. Uh, but we were like, oh my gosh, I mean, keep us posted in the future. We're curious. Like we had no idea about the scene beyond our little Ottawa boundaries. Um, but then a couple weeks later, I got a message from Jen Ritchie saying, Hey, we've had some people have to drop and we're short players. Would you like to try out for team Canada? You can do it just by submitting a video. Actually, and then I, I, went, to a I went to a tournament. I went yeah. to a tournament uh, and they just kind of watched me. Um, yeah. And so I was incredibly lucky and had the opportunity to get onto team Canada for 2013, which was the first year. So world started, uh, foam worlds started in 2012. 
mm-hmm. uh, where there was a, uh, a Team North America yeah. for at least on the women's side. So the very first Team Canada 2013, um, I was on that. I was there. It was great. Took home gold. <laughs> wow. Um, this was in New Zealand, right? Yeah. New Zealand, yeah. Damn. I know we have the camera on. So this takes me back to when I actually had a fro. Um, <laughs> you got to send pictures. <laughs> I got to find them first. Um, I got Polaroid somewhere here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going back. I'm like, you said 2013. I'm like, yeesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't okay. talk about, I don't know, how good my joints felt back then. For yeah, example. I had hair too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but still. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that, that's actually kind of cool. So you you just thought in your world it just existed in Ottawa. Dodgeball was only an Ottawa thing, and then you all of a sudden you just you just found oh there's other Canadians playing this. There's other people in other countries playing this. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I get to represent my country. And right before because it was right before that we had started to play a little bit more competitively even within our our, our friend group. So we were doing pretty well here in Ottawa. There were a few little local league tournaments with our you know sport and social clubs, uh, and we did really well there. And we're like, oh, let's let's kind of take this show on the road. So we started googling and looking for you know tournaments in Montreal and found nothing. Like we're in Ottawa, so like Montreal's the next biggest city to us, which is a couple hours away on the Quebec side, and they had nothing, like nothing. So the only thing we could find was in Toronto, about five hour drive away. So we started looking and finding any little tiny you know, tournament we could find and take the crew on the road in the summer. Uh, and we did it a, f- a handful of times and we did OK at some and got whooped at some and finally, you know, secured a win at one of the beach tournaments and felt pretty good. And then started to kind of just be like, oh, we should host our own little tournaments here in Ottawa. And that kind of progressed. And then we met the, you know, as she mentioned, the legends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> came to, to, to Ottawa and kind of opened our mind to not just going to Toronto, but there's there's probably whole communities all over Canada playing this game that we just haven't connected with. Uh, and that got me really passionate about jumping into starting like really formalizing Dodgeball Ottawa uh, to kind of mimic and start moving away from the, uh, the like the sport and social club style and move more towards this this world Dodgeball that exists. And I was like, if this is the highest competitive level, I want to be that. I don't want to mimic this rec league stuff anymore that's the real stuff that's what i want to do um and it was slowly convincing people that they also want to do that because change is hard and they don't like it so it was finding creative ways to introduce the small balls to introduce more balls and different rules and um it was a bit of a challenge but it slowly worked its way through with a lot of community support but i think this was the thing too like at the time we had been playing in we were we were going undefeated every season all season in our local leagues kind of taking it as far as we could and we just loved it so much and we wanted to do better and push ourselves and so spencer like one of the reasons uh he launched dodgeball ottawa was to create a space where we could foster other athletes and build up the sport here because that gave us more competition for us to grow as well uh and to create opportunities for us to advance as athletes and do better when we went on the road you know going to toronto and stuff and um yeah so that's kind of been the essence of the league that we run it's been all about community development athlete development development um and growth of the sport how long has dodgeball ottawa been around uh 2013 was our first official kind of kickoff year so this is your essentially your 10-year anniversary yeah it's kind of weird we didn't really celebrate it really hard because (laughs) it shut us down really hard here in canada so like 
we didn't really have dodgeball for almost two and a half, three years. So it was kind of weird to celebrate it when we weren't even up and running in February, but we were up and running as of like March. So, uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta celebrate the, 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 the small things. I mean, a 10 years in forming a league, 10 years in an industry, 10 years content creating, however it is a decade of something is something that may not you know happen again down the time down the road so that's something to celebrate you know pandemic or not and you created this you put this together out of your own competitive desires and you have essentially a little family out there in ottawa that is you know shaping you to you know and we'll talk about you know how you felt on the world stage and shaping you into being the coach that you are and and all that so uh, pandemic or not and i don't count pandemic years either it is something to celebrate bro it really Thank is. You. I appreciate you, that. I, I can't imagine all the times that you, you know, called people, they didn't call back, or, you know, you had to deal with a lot of logistical issues <laughs> that will yeah. probably be too long <laughs> to go into. So 10 years is something to knock a ba- knock a beer back or two over. So Cheers. don't knock that down, bro. I got a <laughs> bottle of champagne. In a couple of <laughs> weeks, I'm going to celebrate my 100th, my 100th episode, and I'm going to crack that thing open. So. Hell yeah. As you can. Amazing. <laughs> So I want to ask, actually, both of you, because you guys are both part of Dodgeball Ottawa. Is there anyone from now that we've established it's been 10 years, anyone from that early on that's still playing now that you want to shout out? Oh, lots. Lots. <laughs> lots. Really? Yeah, we've had We've had pretty solid retention. Like there's been we started with just kind of a drop in to get kind of people going. Um, I, I will shout out uh, Ian Asang. Uh, he was one of the people who uh, helped us kind of get help uh, me really get started and kind of get the the first gym rental going um, before he wasn't able to continue with it. But uh, yeah, so he he definitely was one of the the, the OG uh, starters of Dodgeball Ottawa with us. Um, and then from there, it was a lot of our friend group at first who were kind of just like, being nice to support us <laughs> and come by and like, yeah, remember four years ago when we did this? Yeah, we did that, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they were great. And then we started to actually build a community of people and reach out to those those older teams. So like getting uh, the Phil Florix and Jeff. Curtis, Jeff, right? Curtis. Curtis back in the day. Curtis Teeks. Um, John Hodge. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm Harry sure. Thrasher. He's still not playing with us, but he's still playing in Toronto. Um. Yeah, Terry. Terry Thrasher. He's one of the commentators. Justin, just, Justin Aresta. Justin Aresta is a hero of our community. Yeah, he's helped us. Uh, he's been around since we've been playing back in the day. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. wait, what's his name? Justin Aresta? Aresta. Aresta. Uh, yeah, he coaches a couple of local teams, and he's just been big on recruiting. So he's he's big in Ottawa and supporting the growth of the sport and bringing everyone in. And then, yeah, Spencer also mentioned Terry Thrasher, who some people know as commentary. Uh, he is the guy who does a lot of uh, comment- commentating. So he started his dodgeball career in Ottawa in the local leagues and then joined our league um, and was also very active in our community in building the sport here and recruiting players. Um, I'm forgetting so many people and I'm sorry to all of you because <laughs> there's like, yeah, this is a good crew. Yeah. Wow. So you guys have had a lot of retention in the past years to the point where you can't even think about how many people have dropped off. You guys are thinking about people that you guys pretty much saw from the beginning to now. That's yeah, that we've 
we've had, like I said, is I, I, I'm, I'm really big in developing community and we've developed a really strong community. I, you know, I'm, I'm always thankful for the people in the community, but there's, there's been something there. I don't know if it's the sport or, and I see it all over the place, but, uh, but yeah, the community is what's really driven me and it's, it's a great little community. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. So let's kind of go back in pat in, in time and let's talk about your sports backgrounds, because I feel this is going to segue into the kind of players you are and the kind of coaches you are. Uh, so we'll start with Lynn. Uh, what sports did you play uh, growing up and which one do you feel helped you as far as uh, dodgeball is concerned? Yeah, so I mean, I was always I was a type of kid that was, you know, just generally athletic, but didn't actually play a lot of sports up until uh, wrestling. Wrestling was my big sport in high school. Um, I was, you know, I was the type of kid. I played a little tennis. I played a little badminton. I uh, did whatever, but wasn't part of anything organized really and coached until wrestling. And then that was uh, a big passion of mine for a couple of years. Um, yeah. And then dodgeball 21 on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't double leg someone in wrestling or in um, dodgeball, sad to say. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I always find it fascinating how different sports backgrounds uh, can like translate into uh, into dodgeball. And I definitely see a lot of benefit from my wrestling days, believe it or not. More of a discipline uh, type thing. I mean, everything from footwork and just like power mechanics uh, to like fainting in terms of like the way that you move and how that contributes to dodging. Um, and I, hand -eye, uh, reading your opponent's body language is a big part of wrestling and a big part of dodgeball too. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> what about you, Spencer? Uh, for me, it'd be hockey. Hockey was my main background. Uh, I played similar to Lynn. I played all sorts of different sports from baseball to volleyball. Baseball really wasn't my thing. I like throwing the ball. Um, but, you know, being out in the outfield wasn't much fun, but uh, played shortstop for a little bit, which was probably where probably translates pretty well into dodgeball, getting in front of the ball and all those kind of cues that you learn. But hockey was definitely the sport where I learned, yeah, discipline, practice, um, kind of like the, the, uh, really loving the uh, loving the sport and wanting that that drive to excel and do better, um, not just because, you know, the coach is telling you to skate and blows a whistle and yells. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hockey, hockey was definitely where I, I started to like analyze sports and look at like plays and that sort of thing when I was younger. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to hit you guys with a hard-hitting question. This will probably be the first one um, to kind of knock you off your balance. So you guys have been on Canada for several years, on Team Canada. You guys have been a part of the national program as players, as coaches, as players. And I want you, and I want to caveat that as players, what has been the biggest lesson you learned that you feel you can pass on to other Canadian or even other international hopefuls to make their teams? Yeah, without question for me, I have very vivid memories of learning this lesson on multiple occasions. So it took a while to stick, but it's it's composure, composure and the value of keeping your head. Um, there's a lot of emotion in sport, a lot of adrenaline, a lot going on. Uh, and it's really easy to get caught up in the moments and let your emotions fly. Um, but nine times out of 10, that leads to some poor decisions or undermining uh, the people around you, uh, your, your team's ability to function. Um, and, but yeah, at the end of the day, often undermines your own ability to focus on the game and do what needs to happen on the court and execute. Um, so 
doing the, the mental work and putting the mental work in on ter terms of how to keep your composure, keep your head uh, and execute despite everything going wrong, whether it's, you know, ref calls you disagree with to uh, disputes on or off the court to just personal frustration with what you're doing, maybe perceived cheating, whatever it might be. That's the game. Doesn't change what you need to do. You've got to execute. And what about you, Spencer? Uh, that's a really good answer. So <laughs> <laughs> he's looking uh, stopped. I should have asked him first. <laughs> head game, head game is definitely one that I, I I've struggled with and continue to work on. So yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. I would definitely say that uh, for myself, in terms of for like player development, and a lot of people wondering like, well, how can I make? How can I get better? How can I make the team? How can I you know get seen? Uh, for me, it's it's become a Swiss Army knife. I believe there's five core skills of dodgeball and that every position on the court you should be able to play yes you might be a specialist and be better on the left but if you can only play corner on the left that's five other positions on the court you said to me that you can't play not that you're really good at one you're saying i can't play five of the six positions and i go okay so i guess you're trying out for left corner whereas i'm looking for a team i might dodgeball is a fluid game you move around so if you tell me you can't do things well that's that's already limiting what you can do um so the five core skills that i always talk about is catching dodging um uh blocking and then uh doing the opening rush and i'm definitely missing one throwing throwing ah, there we go the one that, <laughs> that everyone thinks works. <laughs> but the opening rush is one that i find limits a lot of people and you don't have to be the absolute fastest to say that you can be competent at doing the opening rush either as a runner or a receiver um because it's a team sport and the opening rush takes a huge toll on the on certain players who are the only ones doing it it's a really aggressive part of the game that people just overlook completely and it's like ah, i don't run and they move to their corner <laughs> exactly and so if you have a team with only two rushers on it then you're going to look be in real trouble by the time playoffs come around because those two players are going to be burnt out whereas if you can distribute the load across a team then you have a capacity to have a much stronger rush at the end of the day which means if you want to be a well-rounded player playing at the most elite levels you've got to have a competent rush as well as the ability to block catch dodge throw but we don't think about strategy much <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's just that's for at the at the bar. That's an at the bar discussion. <laughs> but no, I, I like I like your points that you guys brought up. For one, yeah, you want to be as tilt proof as possible. I mean, things are gonna happen whether in a team sport, solo sport, whatever. Not everything's gonna go your way. I'd even argue that in 13 years of playing, maybe it's gone the entire day my way once, if that. If right. that. And I've been playing for 13 years. So that's also a valid point, you know, being tilt proof and also being a Swiss army knife. I mean, someone, someone like me who used to do amateur uh, mixed martial arts, like if I knew I could take a guy down and keep him there, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep him there and make him right. uncomfortable. I'm make it a long night for him. I'm sorry. You can't, you, you, you can't stop me. You can't sprawl. What are you going to do? You want to be, you want to put your coach or in this case, Spencer or Lynn in a position where they could put you in other spots. Cause I guarantee you might be the best left corner coming out of Windsor, Ontario, Windsor, Ontario, but I promise you them kids from Hong Kong are going to smoke you. Right. Right. So, <laughs> unless you want to move into them other spots and work with them on them other spots. I mean, be happy with that <laughs> moniker of being the best left corner in Windsor if you want to, but. 
big fish, small pond, right? That if you're not a better than Jason, if you're not a better corner than Jason Mergler, like figure out how to middle. Like, like what, <laughs> I don't care how good you are. If you're not better than Jason Mergler, like, you know, you gotta, then you need to show a little versatility and be able to, to fill other In other places. words, show a little versatility. Yeah. <laughs> I know that man. He, he's a bad man. It <laughs> shows some versatility. For the record, Jason could play anywhere on the court. <laughs> like, for sure no i've seen him i've, I've seen the the price it, it takes to play against him um <laughs> he's a real dude i'm gonna tell you that right now i definitely want to interview him one day uh, this is my public uh shout out for him um <laughs> hopefully he responds <laughs> to my messages uh so let's talk about the formation of the dodgeball corner now anyone who knows me knows i'm a fan of content creation in every which way whether it be podcasts Instagram channels, TikTok, whatever the case is, it takes a lot to put yourself out there to make content, to open yourself up to criticism. But also, I mean, I've just been binging on this the past two weeks. So you guys deliver very informative, very easy to digest, scientifically broken down techniques on each of these videos and discussions that you guys have. So who came up with this idea? Um, How did this come up? So Spencer and I are married and we spend a lot of time together. Uh, and I often joke that I used to joke that I don't know if we would have a marriage if it wasn't for dodgeball. Fortunately, with no dodgeball during the pandemic, I can say that marriage lasted. We do have more in common than just dodgeball, but <laughs> we share this passion. We love it deeply. And so we've been talking about some variation of this for years. We um, almost got it going with like Dodgeball Ottawa tips. We had a little section on our website that was going to be true. our blog and we were going to like expand and do all these things. And after making one video and being like, wow, that took us four weeks. Uh, let's not do that again. <laughs> a very poorly produced, but, uh, you know, content valuable video. Look out Dodgeball Ottawa tips, catching 101. Uh, it's old. And, yeah. And you can see in our, yeah, that's, that's, so yeah like I mean for years we've been talking about this in different ways and how we might be able to share I mean I think but we both share the opinion we have so much knowledge that is so specialized to this very niche sport (laughs) and it's just such like it's only valuable to this niche community and 5,000 people might really like this So, yeah, I mean, like to share some of that value with those people who uh, are, would genuinely be interested. Um, so we've, yeah, we've had a couple false starts. Uh, we had our logo made maybe three years ago with the agreement that it would be done for free by our wonderful, who we mentioned earlier, uh, Curtis Teagues, um, by our wonderful friend. And his deal was, I will give it to you for free if you launch within a year. And then I think two or three years later, <laughs> like, sorry, but we launched, yeah. but we launched, we're here. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it's either either of our ideas. It was it's always been a kind of evolution. And then this most recent push to say, I, I was the one who said, we're just going to do something. You know, we we were kind of trying to pre-engineer things a little bit. Like we need to have everything perfect and know exactly what we're going to do and have a plan. And, right. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make something. I'm just I'm just going to make something. And like, we're just going to do this trial and error and start producing stuff. And so we have big dreams of how we might take this further and further and further. But for now, it's just kind of one step at a time and start producing the things that are in our head or the things that we're thinking about at the time, uh, share what we can, you know, part of this is like not wanting to gatekeep information, like we have stuff that we're willing to tell anyone. 
And we're both really passionate about the growth of the sport and providing access to people. Like if you don't live within an hour drive of a main dodgeball community, it can be really hard to break into the more competitive scene because you don't have anyone to teach you, right? Um, And so we wanted to make resources that could enable anyone, any community to be able to to advance themselves and show up and compete on some of the more competitive stages. So that's kind of part of the driving force. Um, yeah. And so then we just started. And we saw it was definitely, a, even through the the time with the Team Canada uh, program, we noticed that just Canada is a big country, just like the States, but we have a lot less density. So it's a lot harder if like communities are very isolated and if they don't have a local league, that's really kind of done the dbo thing and tried to like develop a community and get it going sometimes you're still playing that ssc ball where you're picking up a you know big foam ball in 10 seconds and pitch it and it's just like uh how do you advance with that so we were trying to do more of a distance program within the team canada program doing videos and submit videos back to me and we can kind of work with you um but it was it was getting tougher to get people to do that so this was kind of a spin-off of that but to answer your question lynn is the one doing all the work right now (laughs) (laughs) oh all the right now she's doing all the work right now what you're seeing right now is a result of lynn's hard work work and dedication she's just very modest (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i I can i can tell you it does it does there is a lot of stop and starts when you you think of content creation in some way shape or form um funny story we can go on recency bias i was five minutes late because i was setting up my pc and it took a while for this to boot up. So I can tell you, yes, not everything's going to be perfect. Um, as far as scripting and all that, that is well done. Well done. Um, no, I do that for some guests that I know uh, personally. So like, if you could see my laptop, <clears throat> hold on, let me give him some water. Losing my voice. <clears throat> this is why I always prepare to get this water over. Well, you're not, you're not messing around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I literally drink a gallon of these a day. So, um, but yeah, normally I'll have like post-its on my laptop on like key facts that I know about my guests um, and stuff like that. So I do have an understanding as far as like how you're preparing for everything. But I would say if anything, and I think you kind of realized it, just swing for the fences. People are going to like love it. The people that are going to support it, it's probably going to grow beyond 5,000. I'm actually willing to bet it will grow beyond 5,000. So keep it up. Um, <clears throat> one of your mo- one of the um, one of your most recent videos, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone um, that I became a fan of, was the uh, what was it? What do you guys call it? The cr- oh crow hop, the crow hop video. I'm gonna practice that uh, as soon as we're done <laughs> tonight for sure. Because um, yeah, your boy needs to add a new uh, skill to his repertoire. So, <laughs> um, so you're conceding this is all her hard work, and you're just what a face in the in, in the videos. Yeah, you know, I, I, at, at times it's I'm, I, I'm happy to kind of help her out, but a lot of times she'll have we'll, we'll be we'll discuss kind of like, hey, these are my you know great ideas for videos, to kind of put it on the list, and I'm like, at some point I'll you know do more of the video editing, and but we kind of brainstorm a lot of stuff together, and then. Uh, decide to kind of go out and shoot it, book some space at the the squash courts that are nearby us to get that nice kind of crisp uh, backdrop. And then, uh, yeah, that was that was a great idea. And then from there, yeah, the, all the posts, all the the yeah, the actual recording and post. That's that's all in. Yeah, I think uh, Spencer. I mean, the first and foremost, the thing about it is having something to say, having some value to provide people, and that is definitely 
me and Spencer together. It's, it's our combined knowledge. Uh, and so I would never want to kind of take credit for, for some of the <laughs> concepts in there because there, some of them are his or some of them are stuff that we've developed together. And then obviously I'll, I've learned from plenty of people in the community, but um, yeah, so there's the knowledge uh, is coming out of both of our brains. Uh, and definitely I use Spencer a lot uh, as for trial. Uh, so he's my first user once I finish producing anything kind All right, of, yeah. or, or brainstorming. Like, beta tester. I think the beta tester, yeah. The messaging <laughs> It's really important to us. We're thinking, you know, we've all gone onto YouTube and searched like how to throw harder videos. And we've all gone through the like 10 minute video and only maybe 10% of it applies to you. And the first 30 seconds is the guy telling you to subscribe to your account. And you're like, I don't, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. is this useful or isn't yeah. it? Like, so. I'm not clicking the bell until I know if there's anything good. <laughs> so I just I we want to be able to provide people with as much value as possible and so wanted to make it really kind of inf inf information dense and as usable and actionable as possible and so part of that is just really condensing the messaging like how can you provide as much value in as tight a space as possible and I think that's definitely super iterative and it's helped to have uh someone to bandy back and forth with around like what is the point what is the essence how I have a tendency to use too many words and too, too complicated and like make things overly complicated and he'll just be like Lynn, why, why, why are you using those words why don't you just say like right hand I'm like oh that's a good point yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you know like non-dominant yeah, like, that's dominant. very technical but I think most people just call it their right hand yeah <laughs> whatever, you know but yeah it's 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 a collaboration for sure so how do you feel now having released as much content as you have do you feel like the nerves are still there when you release a new video do you feel like you should have done this sooner did you feel like oh what was I thinking in the past this is perfect way to edit this like because I always find myself when I listen to older episodes that I do I'm like I probably could have cut that or why did I say that what brought this up? You know what I mean? Like I'm always critiquing my older work versus my newer work sometimes. Do you find yeah. yourself doing the same thing? A thousand percent. And like, I think it's just like part of having a growth mindset, uh, right? And I think it's important as an athlete to have a growth mindset. So same as a content creator. And I just really try to embrace the concept of learn by doing. Um, and so, and absolutely every single video, I could point out something that I hate about it. Uh, and every time I post, I get enormous yeah, anxiety and like bubbles. And then I rewatch it six times and it's, and Spencer is like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I just try and center myself on the idea of will somebody get value out of this, right? Like, okay, I want to use the perfect fonts and get my color tones just right and want to have the right angle. Like I had one horrifying moment where my GoPro died. So I had the angle, this was for the um, uh, turn to make the catch video that I did with WeHo and we did with WeHo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I lost my camera footage for, for that whole shoot. And so, but fortunately I had a backup angle and I had to use the backup angle. I don't like it as much, but at the end of the day, could it have looked better on with the other angle? Yes. 
did the message come through clear? Is the drill clear? Can people follow it and use it? Absolutely. So like, I just keep centering myself on like, that's the point. So I will continue to strive to make it as polished and beneficial as possible and clear. Um, I will trip and stumble along the way. But again, I've been thinking about that gatekeeping mentality of like, it's about getting the content out. It's about helping all of the athletes out there right now who are aspiring to make their national teams. It's about all of the people in smaller communities that just want to build build their communities up and start to be able to show up at some of these bigger tournaments. Like uh, that's what it's for. And so long as people are finding benefit from it, then I'm happy and I'll keep going. For sure. <clears throat> Add to that. I know that a big motivation for you was after this past worlds was talking with some of the other coaches and captains and different players from different countries and seeing where they're struggling. You know, they come to worlds and then they just get wiped and, you know, some certain countries and it's great to see them, you know, come out and they got to learn, but it's like, Oh, wow. Like you're, you know, almost five years behind where a lot of these other countries are. And it's going to be tough to kind of catch up as everyone keeps progressing. So here's some, here's some tips that are specific about dodgeball that you can kind of use and implement depending on where you, you know, need tweaks in your game. So it's not about like, this is the only way to catch. And this is the only way to throw our message is all about here's a way to do it. Here's a way to get better. Um, not saying there's not, you know, people looking at it going, well, I don't throw like that. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. We all have a million different side curves, underhands. I do a couple underhands that if you're a baseball coach, you'd be like, bro, what was that? Uh, <laughs> but I can let it off with heat and that's all that matters. And it doesn't kill my shoulder. Uh, will I teach someone that one? Probably not uh, mechanic wise, but at, yeah. the set, at the end of the day, it's just breaking some skills down to give people a resource and a way of doing it. Exactly. exactly. For sure. All right. So here's a challenging question for the both of you. And without going into any detail, just more so like a taster for a little teaser for the fans, as, as we would say. What's the one video you would like to make a topic on? I mean, I can tell you the one I'm struggling <clears throat> through right now that uh, will come out at some point in the next six months, but I'm, you know, beating myself up in terms of how to do it uh, is, it's what we call the lockup. Uh, so anyway, how to, uh, so let's say you have three players versus three players and you have one player, each one, each, or sorry, three, three balls versus three balls. So you, on each side of the court, you have three players holding a ball. Uh, the person directly in front of you holding a ball, that's your lockup. And so how do you engage with that person and how do you do that individually and as a team so that you're, I always think about it as like military ranks. How do you move as a team, as a unit uh, and each taking care of your job such that you don't leave holes in the ranks, that you are protecting your team and creating opportunities for strong offense. So I think it's a complicated, there's like layers and layers and layers inside of it. There's like, you know, so I'm even just now working on the intro of like, what do I mean when I say the lockup and what are some just fundamentals of like how to keep your opponent engaged? Uh, anyway, I have some footage. I'm trying to do some animations and um, it'll come out, you know eventually <laughs> but, what about okay that that's actually a nice little uh, teaser for the future uh what about you spencer what video would you like to work on or topic you'd like to discuss probably so again outside of the strategy strategy is a big one that a lot of people always ask like hey like how would you you know what would you do in this situation i'm kind of breaking down different scenarios for people um but i think Overall, until she figures out how to do the animation from the top, I'll uh, I'll hold back. Uh, but for me, it's going to be uh, drills. There's 
I, I have a background in, uh, in education, specifically teaching like first aid um, from my background as a lifeguard and whatnot. Um, so I'm pretty good at breaking down like complicated skills and smalling into smaller progressions. So I love watching someone going, ooh, their throw is not, or not maybe their throw, or like their blocking needs work and be like, okay, how can I break that down um, and create a whole bunch of different drills, for, you know, to slowly kind of bring them up, depending if it's their hand positioning or, you know, whatever their, their issue is. So I think a lot of the videos that I want to get into is, is coming up with like a series of, you know, regression and progression drills uh, for how to get better at some of the hard skills. Uh, Cause I have a whole repertoire yeah. in my head that I've pulled out at different times. It helped a lot of people blocking. I think blocking will be a big one for you. And so what he, I mean, the style of thing he's talking about is what we just did with throwing. And then this is the other thing too, is like, will people understand what we mean by progression and regression? Like I just, we just laid out these progression drills of like breaking down a skill, which again is Spencer's specialty and his background of how do you take throwing, which is a super complicated thing and break it down into actionable pieces that then you can layer together, progress, and then turn into a throw. Um, so yeah, helping, helping people. I think part of it too is, yeah, that helping people understand like how to build a skill and how to train, which I think doesn't come naturally to everyone. How to train. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause a lot of, if you, if you don't come from a sport background where we see a lot, which is great about dodgeball, you get a lot more people who haven't, you know, they, they were on the kind of the fringe. They weren't playing a lot of the big sports and now they're, you know, competitive athletes in dodgeball. They found their sport. Um, but the, it can be a bit of a kick, uh, and, a. uh, a hard, uh, hard to pill, hard pill to swallow at times uh, when people are first starting out and they're like, what do you mean I'm doing drills? Like, what's the point of doing a drill? And they try to beat the drill. Like, oh, I don't want to practice what I suck at. I'm like, no, no, but that's what a drill is about. Like, you don't practice what you're amazing at. <laughs> yeah, you, have, you have to do the thing that you're bad at. And if you try something new in a dodgeball game and it doesn't work out, you're out. And then you sit on the sidelines for a while. So then you're like, I'll never try that again. Versus if you run it in a drill, you can do it 10, 15, 30, 100 times over the course of multiple sessions to be like, okay, no, oh, I need a little bit more left or my hand needs to be a little tighter or I jumped too early, I jumped too late. Like repetition, opportunity, experimentation. It's really hard to do that in scrims. You you, you need to yeah. have the drills and stuff. But yeah, that's not a natural reflex for everyone. Um, so yeah, hoping. So that's not a specific video or anything, but just kind of trying to get that mentality out. Um, I think is a big part of what we're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so earlier I asked you guys, what was the biggest lesson you guys learned as players on the national team? So now I'm going to ask you guys as coaches, what has been the biggest lesson you learned as coaches on the national team? I know this one for me. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Spencer could take this. <laughs> for me as a coach and a captain, this is, this is actually a really simple one. This is like, game day what not to ever say to a team and it never works out well i have lots of other things but this one was never underestimating your opponent regard like and that's that's a you know an old school one that you always think about but truly never saying it to your team and no matter how you say even if you say okay guys so you know this team is newer to the game but we're still going to run our you know we're going to run our, our our lines we're going to run our drills we're going to do you know we're going to use this as a good warm nope no 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 don't start off like that you come in just as hard we are coming in just like this is our biggest opponent uh because anytime i've i've done the other kind of like almost like it's almost like I'm like, this, listen, like, don't go full ham on this one. Like you might, I need you to save some energy for the next game, right? Like we, you know, go 70% on this one. So we have that extra 30 for next time. Uh, yeah, that doesn't work well. So <laughs> never talking down about your opponent, not talking down, but yeah. 
yeah, yeah. every like, treat every game like it's your toughest match is probably what I should say from a coaching perspective when you're doing those kind of those huddle talks um always make sure you're pumping your team up to that kind of to the level you need them to play at because if you underestimate the team your team will play down to them and it, it'll be a lot harder to come back from that and you'll use more energy and resources and stress and anxiety so <laughs> um yeah yeah, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I'm not, I didn't necessarily learn this lesson with the national program, but definitely sort of lived it. Um, and I think it's the, the concept of relationships and respect. And like, you're not dealing with this concept, like this amorphous concept of a team and like what a team is. You're dealing with a group of individuals, with humans, who everyone has their own motivation, their own issues in their lives, their own goals and dreams and everything. And so you're dealing with a bunch of people and dealing with them one-on-one -on -one in terms of uh, like, what are they trying to achieve? How do they learn? What motivates them? Uh, what do they need to hear when they're down? What do they need um, to feel safe um, and feel like they're in a position to contribute and feel confident? Um, and so that that has always been really important to me and I've learned it a lot and I've learned sort of different ways to go about it throughout all of the coaching that I've done. Um, and I think it was a big part of my personal coaching uh, style with Team Canada. Um, and I think it worked out well. I think like positioning ourselves to say like we are our goal is for you, each individual to be successful. Like all we want is for you to be successful. And if each of you is successful, then we as a team are successful. Um, and then that helped, I think, build a lot of confidence and trust. And we were able to kind of work with people that way. So, yeah, for sure. Um, are there any coaches you like to, uh, talk to other than within the national program, any coaches who conversations you would like to take to a bar and talk strategy to Spencer? <laughs> uh, well, I, I've definitely done this many times and, uh, and Vic and I can do this for hours is Victor Gravilli, uh, the team Canada coach, uh, him and I can, can talk all on the same page, be, you know, have opposing views, come back and forth on it. Uh, but yeah, I love to discuss dodgeball with him. Um, also really enjoy talking dodgeball with, uh, haven't done it in a little while with, uh, uh, Devrin, uh, I was going to say the Aussies and yeah, like the Aussies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those guys. I haven't had a good, good conversation, a strat conversation with Dev in a while, but yeah. <laughs> we, we share a lot of sort of, uh, concepts and the way we see the strategy is very similar to some of the Aussies but yeah I mean I don't follow sports this is the funny thing <laughs> I, don't, so I couldn't tell you I couldn't reference you any like professional others uh which is maybe a little terrible no um, no no I was referring as far as like other dodgeball coaches yeah. good, good. Past. that's what I meant the only other one I would I would love to actually get to know better was actually I was really impressed with the uh we didn't actually get to you know converse very much but uh the hong kong women's coach yes, this nice. year uh we had a handful of interactions but i loved what was coming at like what the shakeup with that team how they were playing um they were they were a team that we definitely did not like we didn't classify them as one of like, what was going to be our hardest competition and they came out swinging yeah. both in our round robin um and in uh playoffs they adjusted on the fly um, I saw him interacting with the women. I think like we shared, we, I think we were both saying the exact same thing to our ladies at one point and kind of looked at each other and was like, okay, I see you. Uh <laughs> um, I mean, this is the thing, like we're such a small community. I have chatted with a lot of the, the coaches. I would imagine you have. 
Yeah, Nina and I go way back. I mean, Lucas, uh, not coached recently, but you know, we were chatting when he was coaching Team USA. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, any chance I can get to talk to the other uh, dodgeball strategist minds <laughs> in the game, I, I leap on. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm going to hit you with uh, one final gut, run, uh, gut punch of a uh, question, and that's the legacy question. So between the both of you, um, well, this could be more a little individualistic, but what would you like your dodgeball legacy to be once you step off the court the final time? So you 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 did you did warn me that this question is coming, so I, I did have the opportunity to reflect. <laughs> on. And I just like I don't. It's not a thing I've ever really thought. I've never really thought about legacy. I've always just thought in terms of like a life well lived, and in terms of what what will when can I when I look back on my life you know, have I made good choices? Have I lived an exciting life? Have I done things to make the world a better place, whatever it is. And so for me, I just, I'm very driven by helping people. This is, this is one of my internal motivators. And so having the sense that I have supported the people around me and helped people grow in one way or another, um, it's a really driving, motivating force in my life. So that's what I would like is that the people who I've had the opportunity to support or coach or use dodgeball corner that they've gained value from it. Um, and have that extra sense of sort of motivation or improvement, growth mindset, whatever it might be. If I've been able to help anyone in that regard, then I will consider it a life well lived. What about you, Spencer? Um, for me, I think it's more about the community, uh, like the community angle side of things. I think legacies, yeah, I, I, we've, we've talked about this a little bit and kind of been like, I don't know if our names will ever like, you know, ring out in dodgeball. And I don't even know if that's something that I need it to be, uh, you know, known for or anything, but I think the sense of community I had, a, there was a couple of really cool moments, uh, being at nationals, uh, in Canada and having uh, a couple of years back and having a whole bunch of our community there. I think we had at one point at our largest the largest amount of uh, of dodgeball Ottawa players at one nationals. I think we had something over like there was players and over like eight teams. It was, it was incredible. So we had a huge community there and we have a really, you know, tight net community. So seeing me going to the, the like my, my personal highest competitive, competitive level, uh, which is nationals and my team, you know, crushing it and playing well. And then seeing all my other community members to the left and right and behind me, women, men, all playing, all having a great time. Um, yeah. And someone coming up to me like, this is you. And I was like, huh, I guess so. Uh, shout out to Mike McMullen for that one. That one, that one stuck with me for a long time. So I think something along those lines of if people can remember me from building up Ottawa, I'll be uh, more than happy. I think you'll be remembered for a lot more than that. Um, building up Ottawa, you know, having your imprint on the national team program as a whole, um, a life well lived. I think you guys can easily say that between the both of you guys, you guys have a solid life, a solid community, a solid network there. And I just want to tell you guys, I'm proud of you guys. Your name does ring a bell. I do know who you are. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my <laughs> voice again. Uh, I got this jug of water. I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but you do have a name. It does resound pr profoundly. I mean, if it means anything, if I heard about you from Hollywood, if I asked to talk to you <laughs> four hours ahead of time, three hours ahead of time, whatever it is, it means because you popped up on my radar and I wanted to share your story. And out of 190 countries, 175 are going to know who you are. 175 are going to know who the dodgeball corner is. And hopefully that, you know, 
that growth for your Instagram channel and your YouTube channel, it'll reflect that. And that's my biggest, my biggest thing other than cementing your story is helping you guys grow as fellow content creators and letting you guys know that look, I get nervous every time I'm at episode 97 of a hundred on my road to my first 100 episodes. Like I get nervous with every interview, every time I still do. And believe it or not, I still do. And it's because I want to help shape the narrative of whoever I'm talking to, in this case, two lovely people here, um, to help shape it correctly, to help give their story justice, to help give, in this case, your channel justice. You know, if I can do that, by the time this is, by the time anyone hears this, I'll consider that mission accomplished. So trust me when I say 175 countries are going to know who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I mean, like, I think we all share this love and passion for this sport and want to see it grow. And it takes all kinds, right? And it takes people like you doing things like this, getting the stories out. It takes the people doing the the commentating and the the Twitch feeds and the people who are organizing, the people who are riffing. Like, it just the, the contributions of all different kinds uh, is so important. And so, yeah, thank you to you for uh, the content you make. I think it's super valuable. Sure. Um, is there any final shout outs you guys like to give? I mean, we always have to shout out Dr. Ottawa. Yeah, it's of course. like it's just <laughs> just the most incredible community of people, and we're so grateful um to have to have them. And uh, along with that, I think comes our teams, which are Valkyrie, Fury, and Capital Punishment. Um just uh they're our family. <laughs> Uh -huh. and then, honestly, I'm gonna shout out just because it was it's tied to I don't want to say rivals, but people who've like pushed us to grow and you know was always the people I'm like we have to be able to compete with them otherwise we're you know what are we doing here uh would be the the some of the old school players and teams from like crunch back in the day yeah we got to play oh, wow. we got to play crunch recently in the last the, the last weekend which was like a blast from the past I'm like hey what yeah. are we <laughs> like amazing uh so yeah all all the you know like Jason Mergler Jeff Snow <laughs> Lasiak, Eric Ceruto Eric Ceruto uh, Jen Ritchie, Jen Ritchie yeah. Dave Kuttner, all of them, they they really, they they propelled us to, and pushed us individually to really kind of grow as players and that for, formed everything else. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And then the other inspiring league organizers like uh, Tuan and Andrew in Toronto, Corey Oikel, who's done a lot yeah. in Halifax, uh, Jake Mason and Brendan. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, all of the all of the people around the world who are running their leagues, uh, we have a shared bond. Just <laughs> 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 look at each other like. You're a league organizer, right? Yeah, like I see you. Like <laughs> I see. I look. I just want to illustrate for the people at home. Spencer did like a fist pump to his chest. I'm like, all right, he a brother. He cool. He cool. He he valid. He know what he's doing. <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned like teams like Crunch in the past, and this is this is how I know them. I know them from like old school clips of like the Detroit Cup, right? Like old school like Nationals, like them, fluorescence. Powell right. Wright and the Kisser. That's how far back I go. So when I when them teams were around back in the day, I had like a full like full like fro. I could like comb it back a bit. Yeah, this how you know I go way back. My hair going down, my knowledge going up. This is the, the theme of this episode. All right, and that was my interview with the dodgeball corner. I like to thank Spencer and Lynn um, for sharing for sharing their time with us and sharing with us their story. Um, I came across their Instagram, I want to say about four, four or five months ago. And 
I mean, I implore you to check it out yourself, but their Instagram and their YouTube channel, um, definitely have, it, it definitely has a lot of, uh, a lot of solid advice for anyone, you know, whether you're very experienced or, you know, just hopped in the sport <laughs> your first time. Uh, my next guest will actually be another content creator, uh, the Dodgeball Dad, <laughs> featuring uh, the Dodgeball Dad himself and his sons, uh, Sam and Mark. Sam and Mark? Yeah, Sam and Mark. Just had to look over my notes. Stay tuned for that. I'm almost at 100. I don't know what I'm going to do. Might do an AMA, but you know, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right. If you listened up to this point, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.